What's going on, Sky Town? Welcome to another edition of the Skyhook Podcast. My name is James K. With me on the mic, as always, is Chris Pennett. Chris, it's been a little while since we have been on the show together, man. How are you doing? Avoided the raindrops today. The easiest way I know how, by staying inside. And I'm looking forward to the second round matchup now that it is all decided. Sky versus sun. Once again, the heavens meet. And is anybody's guess as to who's going to move on? I mean, we know, I know we have our, uh, our ideas, but we got to see how it plays out. It's going to be a good five game series. I think. The heavens meet. Oh my God. I'm going to steal that for an article, man. <laughs> I'm not really, I don't know, but like, I don't know that's if incredible. Works, but uh, we'll go with it. Go with it. Just I love with it. that. I fucking love that. Um, <laughs> I am so excited for this upcoming series because what has happened over the last year with these two teams just kind of shifting positions almost. It's kind of, it's just really interesting to me. And I'm glad that we got sun sky over sky wings because I know there was a lot of people chirping about how the wings were going to be the team like, uh, or the wings would be, a really tough team for the sky to beat and just looking at some of the film and going through it with someone as well. I was like, yeah, no, the sky want the wings, the sky want the wings. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, before we even get into all of that, just a couple things at the top, if you could rate and review the show, wherever you get your podcasts, we would appreciate that. We got some exciting things coming and that would be a huge help to us. And one last thing I just want to mention on a personal note, I am not going to be in person for any of the Sky games moving forward just because I've been dealing with some health stuff and me and my family discussed it and made more sense that I step away, lost feeling in my legs for a little bit. So I'm going to try to figure that out before going back to Sky games um, or in-person games in general. So yeah just wanted to let you know that I know there's some people that I've reached out to and we've had a chance to meet in the games. It's been so fun, but I won't be able to do that for the rest of the season. And I still appreciate you and all that you all do to support our show and what we're doing here. So, but Chris, what's, we got to talk about this game three in New York because, Oh my God, it was just, it was such an unbelievable atmosphere. I've never been to Barclays before and it was such a great environment. Have you been there before? Yeah, I, it was cool that you got to go because I got to watch uh, the Bulls play the Nets. I went on a Bulls tour of New York last year in December. And so the Bulls played the Knicks on Thursday night at, at Madison Square Garden. And then they played the Nets on Saturday night at Barclays. So I was, I'd was i been trying to go to Madison Square Garden for years and see the Bulls play. And they're, they're, since they were going to be playing the Nets, I was like, well, I'll just go and go to both of these games. And I will say this, Barclays, the, na- the neighborhood, getting to the arena, the arena itself, especially from the outside, is beautiful. Even the concourse is so, so, so nice. I was upstairs at the con- at the, the vertex of two sections. Mm-hmm. And in those spots, it gets kind of tight if you're next to somebody and getting down the rows. Uh, I think everybody knows how steep the second level at United Center is. And Barclays is kind of matching that in terms of angle. But I think United Center might have a bit wider aisles. So you don't necessarily feel like you're going to pitch over the edge and take somebody with you. (laughs) That being said, 
The sight lines were awesome. The sound, uh, the acoustics of the arena were fantastic. And hey, we both got to go to Barclays Center and see Chicago basketball teams win. That's pretty fucking fire. Hey, man, hard to beat that because this game was just so incredible from the tip. I mean, one thing that's nice about being a media member at Barclays is that they you're actually higher up. It's not like with the sky where you're just like right on the baseline. So you're kind of just looking down and just seeing everything, like all the plays play out and just all the little actions that you might not see when you're just eye level with what's going on. There was some passes that Kalia Copper made and Courtney Vandersloot made that I'm just like, God, this is, this is just incredible. But let's actually talk about what happened because I know that's why people are here. So again, man, the sky are going out in the semifinals. They took down the Liberty and, you know, the Liberty made it close. Like we got to give them some credit for coming out and showing some fight when they could have just let it go. They could have just been more passive after losing 162 the game before. But, you know, the sky did end up running them out of the gym in the last like seven minutes of the game. I mean, they went on a 20 to three run after Sabrina Inescu had a five point play that in the moment, everyone in the media <laughs> section was grabbing each other. <laughs> they were like, what just happened? The ball rattled in. It just didn't seem like. I couldn't believe my eyes, man. Could not believe my eyes when that happened. And but the sky, you gotta give it, you gotta give them all the credit in the world because they really stepped up. That was I just wrote about this for the next. That was a moment where every team kind of has that face-to-face moment where you're you have like that make it make it or break it type of moment, or like the there's a stretch where you know that either you're a championship team or you're not. And this kind of felt like that this guy showed that they were by being able to come out with seven nation army blaring during the timeout after Sabrina hit that miraculous three. And then they just come out and wipe the floor with the Liberty. I mean, what did you make? What did you take away from that game? I mean, do you feel better about this guy? Like, do you feel like even this might even be the best basketball we've even seen from them all year? That was the best. I think that was absolutely the best. Uh, because this is the playoffs, this is the postseason, the season that takes it to another level, the season that matters historically in the scope of history. When we go back and talk about the 2022 WNBA season, these are the games that are really going to matter. So this beats the Vegas comeback because of the fact that it was the playoffs. It was an elimination game. And the Liberty, quite frankly, had the momentum in their favor. They were at home due to this quirk of the three-game series schedule. And their, you know, marquee, so to speak, player was trying to put her team on her back. I think they got a lot of good minutes from Bettinaja Laney, which I said on Twitter. I'm going to say it again. It's great to see Bettinaja playing. It's great to see her at full strength and doing what she does. Uh, Sabrina got into that moment. She got that and one to start the quarter. New York had a really, really good defensive third quarter where the sky were stifled on their initial attempts to get to the paint. And so they kind of had to grind it out to just make that quarter um, even as it was. I think the Liberty were plus two in the third. And then they cut the deficit down to three after I knew that three was going in. As soon as Laney fought for, you know, kept that rebound alive, Sabrina got it. It was like, those are the moments in basketball where it's like, you know who has got the momentum on their side. So I knew that shot was going down. Then Laney comes down and hits a jump shot and it's a three-point game. The sky looked tight. Emma looked a bit unsure, but Candace Parker, 
came back in the game and was like a drop of oil on boiling waters. She calmed everything down. And then it was a 20 to three run and and the place was quiet. The place was quiet after that. And I was waiting for the Liberty to get back on a run, to find something, but they couldn't get a stop. They absolutely could not get a stop. And that was, as I said before this season, that was another sky moment of we're the fucking champs and it's our title until somebody takes it. Couldn't agree more, man. I mean, I think someone, I think it was Steven Trinkwall who said before the game how he felt about the matchup. He's like, one of these teams is good and one of these teams is bad, which I don't necessarily think it's that black and white. I know, I know. But it did feel like, okay, with seven minutes left, the better team is just going to win. Like, I didn't think the Sky were going to lose that game, even when it got to, you know, single digits like that. And I don't know. It just felt like this was a moment where the Liberty were just going to run out of gas because Benajah Laney, oh, she had some shots in this game where I'm like, the Liberty could have used you all season. <laughs> you know, that yep. this that half-court offense is just so stagnant at times. And for her to just be able to hit that little, like, soft fadeaway on the elbow that just seems almost unguardable, it's like – Man, I'm excited to see what the Liberty look like next season because I think they should not look at this as a loss to, or like a a disappointment necessarily or only a disappointment. They should be excited about what's to come because this team is legit and I do think that if they clean some things up and they're healthy for an entire year, I think there's something to build off of here. But with the sky, I mean – they seem like the better team from the tip, like from tip off. They did seem composed. Like they were missing some open shots and obviously they probably shouldn't, like they probably can't get away with it in the same way that like um they could get away with it a little bit with the Liberty who they went six for the Liberty went six for 16 in the fourth quarter. They just, again, I just think they ran out of gas and not even just Benajah Laney, but like Sabrina Inescu was just, she had a couple of heaves that, she had her one shot blocked by Candace Parker. I think one of them was just airballed, but maybe it wasn't blocked. I can't remember off the top of my head, but might've been a Rebecca Gardner block, but I think that was the Rebecca Gardner block because that was on the heels of a, of a Rebecca Gardner play. I was like, that's nuts. That's just nuts. Exactly. And you know, she's an all rookie selection for a reason that was announced today. And it, Really just seemed like, yeah, the Sky aren't going to let this one go. But it did seem like everything kind of just clicked here. Like it in game two, that was their fuck you moment. And they had in game three was like, okay, this is like, this is where we really, we laid the track down. Now we're going to ride it all the way to a championship potentially. And I mean, if, that's what you got to tell yourself when you're in a position like this and Good for them for responding. Seriously, like that was a tough situation coming out of game one. And a lot of lesser teams might not have made it out of this series. That's true. Uh, it, like like we both said, right? New York winning that game one showed what they're made of. And the sky had to answer those questions. I think that we have gone over and over what that means for them going forward and even though they're on this side of the bracket which is frankly the easier side it's still good for them to kind of get kicked in the ass a bit 
uh, based on the way that they finished the season. Yeah. However, I, I wasn't necessarily sure coming into the game how they would start because of partially because Maureen Johannes, Maureen Johannes was starting the game and she started the game pretty much how we expected her to start the game. She was on fire. But they responded to that in kind and more. They Even when the Liberty took Emma um, out of the game as much as they could, they started making Courtney Vandersloot just made her own plays. Kalia Copper made her own plays. They they got their defensive takeaways and opened up the game that way. That first quarter was a track meet, and the Sky were still up by multiple possessions, even though Mourinho Johannes had scored nine points. I really can't say anything more. It wasn't necessarily a perfect game plan. I think they have work to do with how they finished game two and how they need to adjust if teams do that to them. Whatever was whatever New York was doing, I need to go back and talk to Stephen Gardner about what they did in, in the third quarter because Connecticut has more size and a more physical defense. Mm-hmm. So if the Suns saw something that they can exploit, then the Sky are going to have to prepare to adapt for that. But we expected them to get out of this first-round series. I think we expected them to get out a couple of days early, but they're out now. Now they got to turn their attention to Connecticut. It's that simple, man. I mean, on to the next one. That's kind of the healthy mentality. Like, But they should build off of this momentum because you can really feel it with this team. I don't know, like even in practice the day before the game, it was like it really seemed like they were calm. They were composed. It, it felt like more of a championship team than the first practice that we saw after like uh, before game one, where it seemed like everyone was a little frustrated coming out of that practice and then every again it just was felt like different energies compared to you know what we um it just felt like different energies i'll just leave it at that but should we do a quick prediction before we go to the listener questions because i've been thinking about this one and i yeah i'll, I'll leave it at that what, do you i don't want... know man as <laughs> my last prediction was was absolutely wrong <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's gonna happen though man it's gonna happen yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I was wrong in the finals last year, and I kind of predicted that the Sky were going to win a close one in game two because I figured, oh, well, I upset a close game, so they're going to blow them out. <laughs> and that's what happened. So, <laughs> oh, gosh, for this first game? How about series prediction? I think that's a little oh. bit easier than game one, yeah. Um, It's tough because Connecticut has a lot to lose still. They had a lot to lose yesterday. I I had to switch the game off at the half because I was going into practice myself. And I figured that Dallas was going to do just enough to win the way that both teams were shooting and the way that they just seemed to be uh-huh. making the plays when they needed to. And so I was surprised when I came back and saw that Connecticut had won by double digits. Uh, Dewana Bonner had a game. I think she shot 40%, two for five from three. I'm not, don't quote me on that. But as the stats showed, as you mentioned earlier, she is not a historically good three-point shooter in the playoffs, and that really should continue. Even though Connecticut has the height advantage, the height advantage in a, in a couple of spots, they still don't have a true point guard, um, and you have to find a way to bottle, keep it close, because if it comes down to free throws or if it comes down to final possessions, they can't count on John Quell Jones to get the ball in the right spot anymore and score partially because they don't have that true point guard. So I'm going to say Sky in four. It would be really tempting to say Sky in three because Connecticut had to expend a lot of energy. 
but they've got a few days off until the game. So I'm going to say Sky in four. That's kind of where I'm at too, because like literally not even just Sky in four, but also part of me leans towards a sweep because when Chicago, I I know, I, I don't like predicting sweeps ever, honestly. That's something that, that's just a lot of confidence that I don't think any, I just, I'm not a confident person. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that there. So, but I would say that like sky and four seems pretty reasonable to me, man. They have two games in Chicago. They have been so good at home this year. And what I think they outscored the Liberty, like what was, I think it was off the top of my head. It was like 190 to 136 in the last two games, something like that. And it, Maybe 134. I think that's what it might be. 134, yeah. Um, Math. My high school teacher would be so proud. But when you have that type of momentum, and I know that the Liberty are nowhere near the sun, I still feel that something, again, that I'm trying to not just go off the stats, or not just go off the stats, but I'm trying to listen to my gut more when it comes to this stuff and not just be swayed by the data and everything. I just love the energy that this sky team has like, there's just something over these last two games where I'm just looking at this. I'm like, God, I just have a hard time seeing this team falling to Connecticut. I don't know about the next round because I think on the other side that those are two championship teams right there. And depending on if Gabby Williams is going to be available. And I think she will be for the rest of the playoffs, man. I do think that Seattle with her as like that defensive, one of the defensive anchors on that team and what the aces and Chelsea gray, just going bananas over the last, what, like less last month, especially. I think that's going to be a harder matchup. But when I look at Connecticut, I find them to be in a tier below the sky aces and storm. And I think the sky are really going to wipe the floor with them. I really do. That's where my gut is telling me. And I don't care what, what the, Defensive metrics say about how good Connecticut's been on that side of the ball and their net rating. Fuck that for now. I'm just saying <laughs> I feel like the sky are either going to sweep or beat Connecticut in four. It's going to be tough for sure. Uh, I think it's going to be tough. It is If it is a sweep, it's going to be a hard kind of grinding sweep. But Connecticut scoring 73 points still, holding the wings to 58. The Sky aren't the Wings. The Sky just are not Dallas. They don't have – they're not the three-point bombing Sky of the past, but their three-point percentage has come up a bit more over the last few games, uh, not including – I think game two wasn't great, but game three, Allie was hitting. Ka hit a couple. Uh, Emma hit a three. I think she had two or three attempts, and she hit one of them, which is right around her average for the season. And so if it's, you know, it's always if, but this, we've seen the sky just beat Connecticut when they had to in the season, when they were up kind of up against it, that overtime loss that Connecticut had, and even going into the end where the sun needed a win to in, improve their seating, the sky beat them. And it wasn't necessarily as competitive as you would expect from a team that has been a perennial title contender. I'm going to say that again. Connecticut's been a perennial title contender. And that should not shock you when I say that they have not won the title. And this is another instance where, again, they're playing for their coach's job at this point. They really are. They are playing Ooh. for – I think they're playing for Kurt Miller's job this year. I, I think, think they're playing they for Kurt Miller, the GM's job. 
I think that's different than Kurt Miller, the coach, coach's job. How do you? Oh, okay. I want you. Could you elaborate on that? I want to. I want to hear your your thoughts. Yeah, well, I I think that Kurt Miller is an excellent coach. He just what he didn't he win Coach of the Year like just two years ago. I mean, yeah, Connecticut, Connecticut was very nice that season. Did I also the title though. They didn't obviously, but I don't, this is the thing too though. I think that when it comes to it's obviously it changes situation to situation, but one team gets to win the title every year. There's a rise in like the, well, let's just break it down over the last few years. The 2018 Seattle team was ludicrous. I mean, they had, I think they had the most three pointers made in one season (laughs) um, back then. Um, But then 2019, you had that all time offense with the mystics. And I think Elena went had 50, 40, 90 that year. That was Ariel Atkins, Ariel Powers, Emma. Yeah. Um, Latoya Sanders. I was like, that was going to kill me if I didn't remember her name. Um, but I mean, that's just an all-time team. I don't think, I mean, uh, and they still went head to head with them and made that a series, you know, like I think that they went, what that went to game five, 2020. I mean, one was going to beat Seattle. We were even talking about like, wow, could, could the storm win like 19 out of the 22 games played that season? Like that would be, it felt like that was a possibility just given how good they were stupid in retrospect because no team's going to win like that. But, um, <laughs> and then last year, I think was their best chance at winning a title. And I, if there's anything you're going to put a blemish on Kurt Miller's resume, it might be that and losing to the sky. But again, some things in sports, you just can't quantify. And what happened last year was one of those situations. And then the contracts, collided in this offseason where John Quell's making the type of money she's going to be making. Bree Jones is on the last year of her contract. Natisha Heideman also, I believe, is on a training camp contract or was on a minimum contract, I should say. I don't know if Kurt Miller, the coach, is at fault for that. And he can, I mean, only so much you can do with Alyssa Thomas being injured last year and Jasmine Thomas being injured this year. So I also think the main rule that I have, too, is if you fire your coach and that coach becomes the best coach on the market to hire, you didn't do your job right. Straight up. You know, I get wanting a new voice, but that to me, I don't think of many, I can't think of any times in pro sports that I can think of that that situation worked out for the team that let go of that manager or yeah. Yeah, and we have Phoenix to look at for that as as the most recent example, right? Like they yeah. let go Sandy, they picked up um, Vanessa Nygaard. You know, the, the Brittany Grinder being stuck in Russia was going to derail them from being a playoff team, I think. I of course. Think. But Vanessa Nygaard has done has has been a far cry from a steadying influence from my perspective. I know Phoenix players would say probably say different. I'm sure Sophie Cunningham would say different, but I. I <laughs> I think I, I still think when you are the coach in the GM, and this has been the subject of some talk recently, I think in the WNBA overall, when you're the coach and the GM, you're doing this for yourself. You are limited by, by, you know, whatever factors are in place right now, but that still has to go to Kurt because he is the general manager as well as the coach. So you're setting up your own squad. You, I just you, don't know that's the solution, though, to just get rid of them. Like, I think you have to just get really creative, like sign in trades, 
but involving Skylar Diggins Smith, if she is someone worth trading for, or I just don't think that the formula that they have right now with Bree Jones, Alyssa Thomas, and John Quill Jones is necessarily going to work again. Like it's proven that like there just might need to be a switch up. I just don't know if it's with Kurt Miller, but you know what? We should let's let's move to the listener questions because I know you got to leave in like fifteen ish minutes. So, oh, um, I mean, yeah, but yes. I would, I would love to keep talking about that though. Like in a later episode, I think that's really, really interesting. Let's do that. Let's definitely do that. Um, so we do have a few listener questions and some of these kind of tie in. I know Chris, um, a few of these tie into the series. So we thought we would hold off too, too much on semifinals talk at the top so we can get to some of these. So this is the first one. Do you think Dana can find some minutes in the next series, depending on the matchups? I think she sees less court time because of her size and defense, but her instant offense could be needed. I feel like this is the one we get the most. Where do you stand with this? Because, yeah, let's just start off with you in this one. It's tough to say because they have Natisha Heidemann starting, and Dana's obviously not going to start. But depending on the minutes, depending on on how they rotate, I, I didn't see Nia Cloudin in game three. Uh, so I, I, I would think not. It, we haven't seen Dana yet in three games have, have minutes other than at the tail end or in garbage time. And so I don't look for that to change. But there's a possibility, you know, just depending. You hope it's not if the sky get in a hole like they did against Las Vegas and then Dana got out there for four or five minutes. But I, I think we had a, a question about Dana Evans' defense at the beginning of the season, not from listeners, just between ourselves, because she was starting that first game against the Sparks. And it's not going to be her, her strong point or her selling point unless she just, you know, absolutely becomes like a, a truck, like a bowling ball. Yeah. But I think she played ably in that four-and-a-half-minute stretch at a time when Jackie Young was on the floor and she was her primary defensive assignment. And she was plus two. I remember checking that she was plus two in that four and a half minute stretch in a game where the sky were largely outplayed for most of the game. So I, I don't look for it to change, but I wouldn't be surprised if the sky go down by 10 at a certain point and nothing seems to be working. The James Wade goes to Dana Evans for it, maybe eight minutes total just to get some offense going. It depends on if Connecticut is throwing up bricks or not. But I, I think that would be the situation if that happens. I agree. I feel like most of Dana's minutes come with Julie Aleman on the court. And if Wade is going seven or eight deep in a given game, there's just not going to be a lot of Julie Dana lineups that we're going to be seeing, especially in a series like this. So I just have a hard time seeing Dana seeing the floor a lot. And it's just kind of been the trend of what we've seen. But it's also good to have Dana Evans in your back pocket in case you need some instant offense and you were, you're willing to sacrifice some of the d- defense to make that work. And yeah, that's kind of where I stand with that one. I just, it's just going to be hard for Dana to see the floor this year. Let's see what happens next year. I'm really interested to see how she continues to develop. And, you know, I know that she was dealing with, with some injuries at the top of the season and she doesn't want to talk about it, which I completely understand. But, you know, I just think that this is a situation where we're not going to be seeing the last three players in the rotation as much. So 
yeah, well, let's move on to the next one. Um, someone asked about Lee, and just, I just want to quickly like just go over this real fast. Lee is not with the team because the Chinese national team wanted her to come back and be fully conditioned for, or just be in game shape for when um they start competing. And yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um we we uh go back and read about. It. I wrote about it. Um. So the next one, I, I I I found this one to be interesting. Should the Sky bench Emma for Z to match up with Connecticut's 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 big front line? What do you think? Oh, um, if there's anything that Z brings that I think Connecticut would have trouble with, it's her rim running. Uh, the Sky are just a faster team than Connecticut is. And I think that's really, really important. Uh, if you get them set, even as 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 subpar as the season as John Quell Jones has had, again, Connecticut not having a true point guard really mixed their whole thing up. I, uh, I should have mentioned that more going into that last discussion about Kurt Miller, but I think that Z gets out and runs the floor as well as any big in the league, and Connecticut has to track back with one or two to cover that and so that if you if anything we go back to what the sky show shy talked about at the beginning of the season and you could run that candace z emma lineup not happening uh, i know but it would be it would be something it would be something i tried chris i tried to manifest that stay up late at night praying i just uh, wanted to see more of that as a basketball analyst you know i just wanted to see that more than i think what i think it was like 61 minutes i wasn't counting um that it would just be a wild it was it would be such a wild lineup if you had and this would definitely never happen but well actually you could you could have it candace z emma ka and rebecca gardner for like a defensive fast breaking floor suds floor not even a floor spreading lineup because candace and 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 car the three-point shooters in that lineup which is well but then z can shoot the three two if you get z to the corner <sighs> now my brain is broken uh to answer the question no i don't think you start z i think you still start emma because you need to get her going in order to win the championship but look for her to um get subbed out early if she's having the same problems as she did uh against new york the sky have a higher ceiling, and I'm sorry to keep using the ceiling. I keep, I feel like I use this all the time, and it's annoying. But exactly, I know. I feel like the sky's ceiling, as a starting group, is higher when Emma when you give Emma that chance to go off. And with the sky, look, they're just not going to have a lot of twenty point performances across the board. You know, everyone, someone has to be left out of the offense. And when you only have 40 minutes on the floor and not, and they're not all on the floor at the same time. So <laughs> Emma's defense has been incredible all year. She is going to be incredibly important going up against Bree Jones and John Quell Jones. And I don't think you mess with the formula that got you here. Z has been the perfect compliment to Candace and Emma, because when one of them is struggling or needs rest, she just comes in and fills in a different type of need for them. And you're right. Z is such a great rim runner where Emma, I mean, that's just not her strong suit because of how, I mean, 
just looking at her synergy page the other day of how she does in the post. I mean, it all checked the boxes of the eye test, obviously, before even looking at it. But she's just such a good um, post player. And Z is just a good player to just mix things up for the front court. And I just, Emma is a all-world player. I honestly would have had her on the second team this year for all all WNBA. And I know that's a really controversial take. I don't care. I saw what my I saw what I saw. And I think that she's someone that should have been on there potentially. So keep Emma in the lineup. You all are undervaluing her. I'm not saying that this person is, but in terms of getting Emma more involved, which is the next one, let's just group these together, honestly. Like nothing just keep the offense whoever has the open shot just take it that's how this offense is hummed all season like i know that the box score can tantalize people and like or kind of get people up in arms about a player's involvement in an offense and it's just this team does not care about who leads the team in scoring on a given night and whoever is open is open whoever is not it's going to move the ball and it's going to change each time. Maybe Emma's had a couple of games there. She's been moving the ball too much or just hasn't had those opportunities, but I don't think that's an indictment of her play and what James Wade should do next round. I don't know. Uh, there's, he said early on in the season, and I think Emma even backed this up that sometimes she can be too unselfish. Mm-hmm. And there's you want you want Emma to unlock that killer instinct. You want to have a game where she leads the team in scoring in the playoffs, just because that you know teams know what she can do. But having it on paper just happen in front of you really makes these other teams sit up, take notice, have to game plan. I think Las Vegas actually had a tougher time with Emma than Connecticut did this year. I, I might be wrong. I have to go back and check. But just because of you know how she how she plays, how she can bring bigs out to the elbow, out further from the basket. It didn't manifest in more than the one win, but it's something that Connecticut can really, just they have that front line that is that big. And even Dewana Bonner can come down and help from the perimeter. So I think you've got to get Emma going early. I don't think you make any changes, but you get her going. You find a way to get her going early, whether that's getting her to the free throw line or getting a couple of those patented turnaround fadeaways. And so she gets on the score sheet early, and then that opens things up for her to, to operate out of the high post, her and Candace, like the sky did in the middle of the season when they were cooking. I agree with that. I mean, obviously you want to get Emma involved more in the offense just because when they dump it down, down to her down low, she is one of the best players. She's the most one of the most efficient players at the rim this year. So I totally get that. Um, so we only have 10 minutes left here. So let's run through this last question here. Um, so this person asked like, who is the X factor for the sun in this next round against the sky and vice versa, who is the X factor for the sky going against the sun? What are your thoughts? I had this so ready if it was the wings, because I was going to say Tierra McCowan, <laughs> the wings, uh, just, you know, aren't there. Uh, I think the Tisha Heideman, if, <laughs> if she can get free, her three point shooting is lethal. And it's just one of those things where the analytics add up here this guy can hit all the twos they want, but if they hit three twos and somebody hits a three, then their lead's cut in half or, or, or their deficit widens by, you know, that much. 
And Natisha Heidemann has shown that she can hit from just about anywhere. She's played in Wintrust before, having gone to Marquette. Uh, when I asked her that question last year, she said, it doesn't matter. I'm open anywhere I go. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's something where she she's in a familiar place and familiar territory. And if she can get going, that really helps Connecticut out. Um, I, I It would be silly to say John Quill Jones, but she it's just been so fucking uneven and I'm upset about it. I want her to be that good. So I'm going to say Natisha Heidemann over John Quill Jones. I have a hard time on the sun side because I just think that entire like I just think they need a big performance out of John Quill Jones and Alyssa Thomas in these next rounds. Dewana Bonner has been steady enough for the sun where I don't think I could even say that she's the X factor. It's just how does Alyssa Thomas respond to the sky dropping on her and not letting her like being like, you can shoot. <laughs> we'll let you shoot from uh, a 15 footer. That's a, that's a shot they're probably comfortable with. Courtney Williams has to show up and Natisha Heideman. I mean, she's just so steady, you know, I mean, I don't think you're expecting her to go off for like 20, 25 points. And she has been steady anytime she goes up against the sky. Yeah. It's tough because I don't really think that I don't think they're really going to get that much from their bench outside of Bree Jones. So it's to me, it's really on John Quill Jones and Alyssa Thomas to really propel this team. Just a lot of Odyssey Sims that, again, that's one of the reasons why I feel pretty good about the sky's chances of winning in the next round. Cause it's just, they just don't have the backcourt depth. So I really do think it's going to be like, okay, Dewana, Alyssa, and John Quell, you all have to play out of your goddamn minds to be able to beat this team. So on the Sky side, who would you think it is? Because that is, a, to me, a little bit more of an interesting conversation. Well, we saw what Allie quickly could do in a runaway, and she's going to have to be the three like the person who gets the Sky started hitting threes. You can get Allie some early threes off of uh, pin down screens, whatever, what have you. I would love to say um, Z because I think um, Z from the corner is a great, is just always a great play. Getting Azare Stevens a corner three in the first or second quarter, it just kind of gets the tempo, it gets the tempo set from the for the bench. But she's been playing so well recently that I don't think she can be an X factor. Teams have to game plan for her based on what she's been doing all season long. So I think if you get Allie going, I think if you get Allie six points in the first quarter, get her good touches, then, of course, that's going to open up the, the driving lanes. Connecticut's going to have to respect the shot. And you know, it, can I can I cheat? Can I just say the X factor is the sky's three-point shooting? Is if you get Allie a three, Ka a three, Courtney a three early on, then the lane opens up, and then Connecticut's toast. So I, I'm going to say Allie, but make that three-point shooting is the X factor for the sky. That's a really good one, man. I think that when Courtney and Allie are hitting their shots and the others just chip in every now and then, like they shot close to 30% from deep last game. I think that's really all they need to hit. I mean, heading into this playoffs, I, I wrote for the next, like the sky don't need to be the best three point shooting team. They just can't be as bad as they are in losses and yeah. hovering around 30, 31%. To me, that makes like to me, that is what's going to help them even just win a championship. Like if you can just hit your open threes and again, 30, 31%. And again, it's nothing to be 
going crazy about, but and it it might be enough for them to win just given how they just dominate opponents in the paint this year. And I, the one thing I will say though, I do think Emma is the X factor for the sky. She is going to be someone that will dictate how quickly the series could end. Again, I just don't believe in Connecticut enough for them to actually beat the sky in three out of five games. I just can't wrap my mind around that possibility at this point. And you know me, I like, I, uh, I, I always assume the worst, but I just can't think that like, I just can't imagine a scenario where the sky lose to the sun. So I do think how quick this is more to me about how quickly the series ends. And I think Emma Meesem is the one that's going to de- determine whether this is either like a three, four or five game series. And I, I, I can see that happening too, just based on what we talked about before. Yeah. Well, Chris, We got this done just in time for you to be able to carry on with the rest of your night. Thanks so much for joining, man. Like, I'm so glad we got a chance to do this. We're going to be, we'll be back pretty soon. I mean, the Sky have their first game, the semifinals. We're going to try to do a podcast after every game from here on in. So it's going to be great. We appreciate you all for joining us. And like we said at the top, if you want to contact us, you can email our mailbag, which is the skyhookmailbag at gmail.com. One more time, that is the Skyhook mailbag at gmail.com. And if you want to find all of our other information, you can do so by checking out the episode description. It has our Venmo, it has our Twitter account, and maybe something else. Maybe it will cook up something else just to have some fun with it today. But Chris, thank you for making some time for this and for you all for joining us today. Appreciate you. Thank you.